2: of the JNU Sports News Podcast. I am Bennett Conlin joined by Jack Fitzpatrick and we've got a lot of news to cover today.
1: Yeah remember when you said you're going to change up that intro and then you did the exact same thing after a solid minute of trying out new things?
2: Yeah I think I'll have to next time it'll just
1: be hello Duke dogs. Like I don't that. like that I'm gonna
2: veto that <laughs> one real quick. Well, we'll figure it out. But we've got a ton to talk about. JMU is moving to the SEC, which is exciting news. We have a little scoop there. No, but they're going to play in the spring, and the CAA came out with kind of a boring little
1: schedule idea that we're going to rant about. Yeah, I mean, with that being said, let's just jump right on into it, I guess.
2: Let's just dive into the deep end, boys. All right, so I like how I said boys when it's just us.
1: (laughs) But, I mean – Yeah, so they announced, if we want to break it down what it was, they announced um, that they're going to have a spring CAA schedule, which didn't come as a surprise. But what came as a surprise was the breakdown of it, of it being um, six conference games, which is a very interesting number because it's six. Um, I I had a reasoning, but no matter what the reason besides that and then you can schedule up to two non-conference games and then whoever gets the automatic bid is going to be whoever finishes the season with the best overall caa record um there is going to be no championship game and it's going to be split up between the north and the south the north is going to consist of albany villanova new hampshire maine stony brook and rhode island the south division is going to consist of james madison uh go dukes um towson elon richmond delaware and william and mary i believe i got six and six there and you might be asking how are they going to play six conference games when it's regionalized and there's only five opponents they can face there will be a home and home with a team within your region um we're not sure who is going to be yet and we're not sure how they're going to pick
2: I would think they might just do who's closest. So they might try to do like whatever eliminates travel the most. So you would think Towson and Delaware would be a pair. And JMU is either going to have Richmond, William and Mary or Elon, depending on how they want to pair those four teams in terms of of travel. And I haven't looked at the distances. I want to say William, Mary and Elon would be the shortest to Elon, but I could be wrong. Um, And that would make... Richmond, logical, but they could also do it the other way.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think JMU gets a really favorable draw too with these regions. The, yeah. <laughs> the north is <laughs> stacked. I mean, if we're basing it off of last season, Albany is coming in hot with the undercuffler. Yeah. Um, so I think I think Albany might be a surprise up in the north region. Villanova's good year in and year out. New Hampshire is normally a fairly solid program. Um, and then you look down Maine. And then at the bottom of Stony Brook and Rhode Island, both pretty solid. Well, maybe not Rhode Island. I mean, they were in all their games, but they lost all their games. Stony Brook started the season really well,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but then fell off heavily near the end. They finished two and six last season in conference. But I mean, Albany, Villanova, New Hampshire make up 75% of the top four last season. And then if you go to the top six, only two schools from the south region are in it. The rest are north. And so then that makes the, the south very weak in comparison.
2: It's interesting, yeah, because I don't think – I think the CAA had kind of a weird announcement where they didn't even officially reveal the divisions, even though it's, it's pretty evident based on geographical. Yeah. Who's the south? Who's the North? And the thing that's so interesting is like they're not having the conference championship game, so they're just doing overall schedule. Which you said like the North is hard, the South like JMU has a perfect path, you can think, uh, to win the CA title and get the automatic bid into the the smaller postseason field this year. So it seems like it sets up kind of nicely for the Dukes.
1: Here's a question for you: JMU isn't going to be at least in my opinion, the same powerhouse they necessarily were going to be if they played in the fall. Um, and there, there was going to be a drop-off in talent from even last season to this season when it comes to the fall. But now they've lost Amos. They've lost Atariwa. Um, we still don't know who their quarterback is. They could potentially lose more players as this, this goes on. They might have opt-outs. Who knows what happens? Do you see them in this week south, is what we're predicting, to run the table and go 6-0 and in CAA? Or do you see maybe a tie at five and one with maybe a north team or how do you see it shaking out
2: i could see them losing to towson or delaware i think those are going to be decent teams but then you look at the william mary rich elon you think they would also get one of those teams twice i don't really think any of those teams are gonna be that good um, so I would kind of expect JMU to go, I guess, what four and zero against those three teams because you you figure they get one of them twice, and then if they can go one and one against Towson and Delaware, I think that they're they're probably in the clear. But I don't think six is out of the question. I still think they're they're pretty loaded. I mean, you look at they like
1: to run the ball and they've got what like five good running backs. Hey, but the um the overdone the overdone analogy is it a stable of horses back there like? Yeah, so many back there but you know who I think might actually kind of fall off and we'll get into this later on in the podcast of kind of what we expect out of the CAA I think Towson might be the easy dub here in all of this I mean they lost Joe they lost Tom Flacco they lost Shane Simpson yep
2: they added someone and I think did he leave right away or he was gonna go to Towson
1: and then he left I don't remember this person that you're speaking. I think they were going to get the Weber state quarterback and he ended up bailing. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Jay Constantine. But I can't, I mean, because yeah, he's at like, um, he, went,
2: he went to Washington
1: state. It looks like. Yeah. I, yeah. He was going to, I don't think it was ever official. He was going to Towson. I think it was like sources say he. I think he put it in like his bio
2: or something weird though.
1: Oh, so yeah, I think was- he
2: was looking at Towson for a fall season. And then I think he was like, wait, I'm not going to play a fall season. So might as well try and go FBS. And yeah.
1: yeah, that's actually – a- Who is also not going to have a fall season, but they are now. I forgot that Towson lost so many people. I think Towson's going to be a weak link, and which makes the South even weaker. But do you like this announcement? What are your feelings without a championship game? What's your feelings about it only being six conference games and then two not up to – you don't have to have two non-conference games according to the release, up to two non-conference games. Uh, feelings on it, like, dislike, hate, love, um, melancholy. I like some parts of it.
2: I think that... (laughs) That
1: That's a really long
2: pause going into it. (laughs) No, sorry, mine was chopping out. (laughs) Um, I mean, I like some parts of it. I think the NCAA, if I'm not mistaken, is limiting just eight regular season games in the spring, which is cool, and I'm fine with that, having sort of the shortened season going into the postseason so that maybe you can still turn around Um, and play a fall season closer to full. Um, I think the issue is I would like a conference championship game, especially if you're doing North and South, especially if you're doing North and South. I think if you're a North team, you're going to be kind of ticked off um, because it feels like JMU is going to get this kind of not a free pass, but an easier path than you would get in the North. I think that's frustrating. And Kurt Signetti kind of put it best because I think some of the CA teams toward the bottom were, were worried that they wouldn't get a full eight games. Um, if they had a conference championship game, because that would count as a game, and you obviously can only have two of the teams in your league. Um, although they could have done, you know how the Big Ten is doing it, where at the end of the season they're having the number one team from each division play, then the number two from each division play, the number three, the number four, the number five, the number six, whatever, number seven. So they're matching up all the standings. I don't know why why the CA couldn't do that north and
1: south as the final game of the season. Do you mean kind of like have six conference games, one non-con, and then... A, it would be like a like a championship game at the end but one versus two one versus one in the north and south two versus two north is that what you mean
2: like five conference games just because of the eight that are allowed so you do probably five conference games but then your last conference game and you're putting one versus one two versus two got it got it i like yeah i think they probably don't want to do it because of maybe a lack of testing resources and then you look at the travel between north and south which is what they're clearly trying to avoid so I get that. But man, I think a conference championship game made sense this season. I thought it would have been innovative and sort of taken advantage of the unusual time. And I also think it would have been good for the conference to have a weekend of like its two best teams playing for the title. But I don't know. What are your thoughts?
1: I heard I read someone on Twitter. They said um, maybe CAA is trying to because there's so many there's a lot less at large bids. So maybe the CA is trying to sneak in and at large an extra one um by doing this without a championship game say JMU goes 6 and 0 and is a dominant 6 and 0 and for some for, somehow some way another south team is 5 and 1 and their one loss is to that dominant JMU team JMU team maybe they can sneak in that second south team as an out at large and same goes for the thing goes for the north or maybe you have two 6 and 0 teams in the north and the south and somehow they do a weird tiebreaker of maybe points scored and points allowed and the point, maybe something like that. And um, you somehow sneak in the one that didn't make it as an at-large. I don't know how much that holds. Cause I think a championship game could have done the same if it's two six and O teams going into it and the loser shows up and has a really great game, but barely loses. I think that, I think that adds more to your resume than, playing six conference games and going six and O and then losing out on a point differential tiebreaker or however they're going to do the tiebreaker. Um, so yeah, I wish there was a championship game. I do like the six games. I understand that they capped it at eight. Um, makes sense. I, the, th- the only problem I have is the championship game. Everything else with this regionalizing it North versus South, it almost breaks perfectly to be North versus South. Everything about that part of it makes sense and is, is is a really smart idea by the CAA. I just wish there was a championship game because there's going to be a tie at the end, whether it's two, six and O teams, two, five and one teams, maybe even three. And if it comes down to, I think point differential is the first one that comes to my mind of how they do this tiebreaker. If it comes down to point differential or something like that, that's stupid.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah, I agree with you. I think that, that that would be really frustrating if it was a point differential thing in the end and it would just be nice to see them do something creative because there's 16 teams in the playoffs 11 automatic qualifiers like you're still going to get probably two or three teams in if you're the CAA i imagine the the five additional at large spots are going to come mostly from uh, Missouri Valley big sky and the colonial athletic association right you would think those are kind of the the big 3 so I think they're gonna they're gonna get a lot of those teams. Plus your automatic qualifier. I don't know. A conference championship game would have been cool, but I get I get what they're doing. It just feels like it sets up. Um, now you got to put yourself in position for an at large. And I think JMU is gonna schedule two cupcake non-conferences, trying to pick up home wins, and then and then you go through a kind of a cupcake <laughs> conference schedule. It sounds like right. So I don't know. JMU might go eight and zero and then enter the playoffs without being tested
1: the the real first test of the season if you're looking at last year's standings I'm gonna throw out Towson because they lost their top offensive performers so you go down it's Elon who's like that's not a test and I'm pretty sure Davis Cheek isn't there anymore he feels like he's been around for 20 years so (laughs) I wouldn't be surprised if he rolled out again for his sixth senior season but I don't think Davis-Cheek is there anymore, and so they've lost it. Maybe Richmond, maybe Delaware, maybe William & Mary under Mike London for year two. Like, maybe they have some huge jump, but, like, the problem is Richmond Richmond and William, like, the South is easy. The South is easy.
2: So, maybe maybe JMU goes out and they schedule a big-time non-conference game, which would be a lot of fun, Um, but it's to me i think they're going to schedule two fluff games win them both and then sort of move into the season but i mean i guess we'll see it just it seems a little i guess i'm, I'm also disappointed because like some of the power five leagues and everything are obviously playing um it looks like they're gonna get through a pretty solid portion of their schedule even with issues so it's it's just a reminder of where jmu is and the lack of testing capacity and i think they made the right decision to go to the spring but I'm not gonna lie and say it doesn't hurt to know that the team's not not able to play when other teams are and they're going for this weird tiny spring season
1: yeah I I think FCS made the or the FCS schools that decided to wait until the spring made the right decision I think it's kind of I understand how the power five schools and group of five schools can play um, like conference USA and Sunbelt as the group of fives but like yeah FCS could not have kept up with like I think some of the players are getting tested three to four times a week. Like there's just not the funds for that at the FCS level. Um, I think it's kind of funny seeing these FCS schools play like their three game schedules or like in the case of North Dakota state, like their fall Trey Lance showcase um, as ESPN's <laughs> calling it. Uh, that's just funny to see though.
2: Yeah, no, it's, it basically feels like a Trey
1: Lance before he gets drafted game. <laughs> What if Trey Lance goes out and throws, like, two picks and only passes that for, like, a hundred? Yeah. yeah, like, what <laughs> yeah. if he just, like, lays an egg?
2: Where they? I think he'll throw for, like, a lot, I and mean, he showcases the running. I think he's going to be be just fine. I do think they'll lose the game, though. I just feel like the physical toll your body goes through after playing JMU. I don't know if the, the Bison will be recovered in their first game back, and they got a few lucky bounces in the, that. Way. I hate that take.
1: Good day, um, very good take. So going from the CAA announcement itself, we've kind of given our reactions. Who do you see coming out of the North? Who do you see coming out of the South? I also think JMU is,
2: is the clear favorite. The North is interesting because the North is pretty good. You got a lot of teams in there. They love to scrap, they love to compete, they love cold weather, they love warm weather. These are teams that know what it takes to win. I kind of want to pick New Hampshire just because of, like, the program, the program pride, the fact that they're scrappers. I think the undercuffler, the undercuffler was very good at throwing underneath routes that were taken 65 yards for touchdowns. He's a good player, but I I don't know about Albany. Long-term, I don't even, I don't remember. Rhode Island, no. Maine, no. Stony Brook, no.
1: Stony Brook, maybe, actually. Don't disrespect uh, my Rhode Island roadies.
2: They were in every
1: single game they played in last season. That's, that doesn't sound right. Jamie, I think Jamie beat them by 40. Yeah, they were <laughs> in it at one point. <laughs> at one point up. it was tied. They they had three guys go to the draft combine. I don't know if you heard. Yeah, but did any of them are any of them on
2: rosters? All three of them are starters. <laughs> that is not true by the way. Um, but I think that uh yeah, I can't remember the six teams, so I'll take New Hampshire. Okay. Oh, Villanova! Villanova's way better. Take, give me Villanova. I forgot they were
1: in the north. I was wondering. I've <laughs> been a Villanova fanboy since the CAA came out yesterday for all for the, the full twenty four hours. And the north <laughs> Um. Yeah, JMU easily. Do you think JMU wins out? Do you think they go six and zero in conference?
2: I think they would go six and zero. I think they win the national championship. I think they win out. I think Cole Johnson gets drafted number one overall. And um, So, you think Cole's the starter? Cole's definitely the starter. That's not even a question at this point.
1: I think it throws <laughs> it back in question. Um, yeah, JMU's – I think JMU might actually drop one. I think they might be, be, be five and one in conference. Who are they losing to? Whoever they play twice. You think they're going to lose to Richmond if they play Richmond twice? No. I think they might um actually <sighs> – I don't know. Like, I just feel like they're gonna drop a game. Like, I feel like this team isn't as good as. I shouldn't say that actually. Um, this team is really good, but I think there's going to be a drop off from last season that like is a lot more than we expected. Really,
2: where's the where are they dropping off? D line. No, no, no. They've got the secondary. secondary. At the Minnesota transfer, they have Mike Green in the middle. They have Ukwu coming back from his knee injury, and now he has more time to recover off the edge. He was supposed to be like DACA's clone, but then he tore his ACL or whatever. I don't know if that's correct. I think he hurt his knee. Um, there's someone else I'm missing on the D-line that I really like. Oh, Oh, Green. He was a freshman last year. Really good recruit. Think he's going to be good. Maybe a little drop-off, but they're going to be elite
1: linebackers. They lost an NFL-caliber player. Two NFL-caliber players. There's going to be a drop-off on the D-line.
2: They, the Minnesota transfer, the Temple transfer, Colclaw or whatever. <laughs> I don't know how to say his name. He's good. I mean, they're loaded on D-line.
1: They're loaded. Look at, talk to me about the secondary then. There was a huge drop-off from 2018 to 2019. 2019 to 2020, they then lost Rashad.
2: The extra fall preparation gives them more time to know what they're doing.
1: That secondary was bad last
2: season. No, that's not true. No, 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 no. They yes, struggled. They struggled early, but by the end of the season, they were
1: pretty decent. What Traylands ate them for lunch? I mean, granted, the D line was they were trash. All running
2: for like 14 yards.
1: Okay, yeah, you're right. That's that was James- completely wrong by me.
2: <laughs> it was like third and 23 and they recovered so well that he took off because we decided not to
1: use a quarterbacks buy or anything to prevent him from or running. any contain I think at this point I'm just like digging myself a really deep hole by like i think it's more likely they go six and0 oh in this week south than it is they go five and one um I think i just wanted to be different
2: <laughs> yeah, <I think laughs> the drop off the drop off take is probably true but i think offensively i think they have a chance to be just insane
1: i with, I, think they, I think they might average like 400 yards rushing a game, like honestly.
2: Offensive line is good. If they go with gauge the rushing attack, like I think they might throw the ball. They're going to be like a like an option team. They're going to throw the ball like four times a game.
1: Um, if this was a regular CAA season, I would say they drop one CAA game. But I, I do have to keep in mind that they're playing the bad CAA teams um, in Richmond, Delaware, William & Mary, Elon – is going to be bad. Um, so yeah, they're six and zero in conference. It would be a surprise if they dropped one, but uh, I don't know eight and zero to finish the season. I believe um, in the north. I talked a long time on the south. On the north, I think Albany. I'm a big believer in the Undercuffler. Um, I think they have a good coach. I think Undercuffler and the coach really go well together. Albany did lose their top two. What?
2: What's their years- coach's name? <laughs>
1: Um <laughs> <He loves him. laughs> <loves> their coach. <laughs> who is he? I know what he looks like. <laughs> All right. Um no, but I do like Albany. They did lose their top two receivers, if I'm not mistaken. That's gonna hurt. I which is <laughs> but I have a feeling the way they scheme that offense, it doesn't really matter who the receivers are. Um we'll see. I think I'll think Albany, just just so I have somewhat of a different opinion of yours, Albany wins the North. But that won't mean anything because there's no championship game and JMU will go to the playoffs. Albany might get an at-large. Circling back to the secondary, you got Wayne Davis, who I forgot.
2: Pretty darn good. He's more of a spur, though. MJ Hampton. He was very good at the end of last season. He was. They added a UMass transfer and JoJo Norwood. Great name. So those are just the safeties. And I'm scrolling to find the corners, and I haven't gotten there yet. But when I do, man – here we go. Wesley McCormick, experienced, talented. You've got Jamari Currents. He has some experience.
1: Does he? Taurus Carroll. Wait, I don't Jamari Currents has played a game? I think so. <laughs> he was like a. T- I mean,
2: one second. Played in eight games last year. Really? Yeah, he's been in there. And uh, so you'll probably have it'll probably be McCormick and Carroll. Taurus Carroll. That's Did your two and then you're going to have like Davis at the little spur thing. And then you'll have Hampton as one of the safeties.
1: Pretty good. Did take that? Did Currents play corner or was he on special team snaps in those eight games? <laughs> Look, that,
2: that's not something that we need to like go into or, or dive into. Well, he uh, was like a he was like a very like coveted recruit. I thought he came he was, he was definitely uh, special teams, but I don't know if he saw a time at corner.
1: Okay. Well, I do know, like, coming out of high school, he was supposed to be really good. So, like, he yeah, should be know, good. They're loaded. They got a
2: ton of freshmen. So, I guess – I think the secondary is probably your issue. And then maybe linebacker. But I, I'm interested in the D-line with the – I just don't know how to pronounce the Minnesota – Minnesota transfer's last name. You also don't know it's, how to pronounce Minnesota. <laughs> Minnesota. <laughs> But I really like this guy. I think he's going to be a beast off the end. Okay. So if he plays. But then they've also got, I mean, they got some guys. I think they'll be fine.
1: (laughs) I would hope they have some guys. Be bad if they ran out with three guys on their D line and four in the secondary.
2: This is an elite football team.
1: And they don't plan on losing. They're
2: young. They're young. They're good.
1: I do think they're going to go to the national championship.
2: Yes, of course um well i actually okay so i'm interested to see how the spring works because it starts conference ish in like march so then we were talking april doesn't the first goes in may like the championship's in may sure i don't know when the nfl draft
1: is or if they're moving it but like does trey lance play
2: for north dakota state in the spring
1: the combine is normally in february you think they're just going to keep it all he might
2: be able to do combine and then come back and play games, though, if he wanted to.
1: NCAA, though, is he allowed to? Oh, probably. I have no idea. He they might, be, might have been, like, an I unacceptable. Would. Yeah.
2: But, I mean, he might not even want to. If, he's, if he plays well in this game, he's going to make an absurd amount of money. He's, like, a top 15 pick. I don't think Trey Lance is playing in
1: the spring. So then I
2: think North Dakota State takes a pretty decent step back because they expected him for a full season. Like, I don't know what they're – progression plan they might have even expected him for more I don't know if they thought he was going to go pro after just three years and two years just I don't know him I think they'll probably take a stack
1: well let's while we while we break down the JMU roster why don't we why don't I head on over to the North Dakota State um speaking of North Dakota State want to pull this up this, yeah. this podcast, I think we've kind of hit hit all the nails on the head. Now we're kind of are patented off the rails at the end. Jabril Cox in the LSU game. LSU did lose because KJ Costello decided to throw for a million yards. Um, but Jabril Cox looked pretty good. He had a pick six. Did Impressive. you hear the announcer kept referring to NDSU as Division Three?
2: <laughs> I mean, basically. They're, I mean, State to me is like a Division three team. They're just not that good. <laughs> they were definitely going to beat Oregon this year if that game was played. 110%. They're, they're a very good program. Trey oh. Lance is the guy that, uh, you know, he would never, he's not a JMU quarterback. He's not that good, but he is a very, very talented guy. Trey Lance? Yeah. I mean, at JMU, like, Danucci was drafted. Danucci's an NFL QB. Trey Lance right now, he's still in college. Um,
1: So they have Trey Lance as their starter. Makes sense, yeah. Um, But he's not going to be here. Yeah, we don't want him in the spring. He's done. Logan Gratz, a redshirt freshman, 6'4", 2'12". You got a freshman, um, a a true freshman in Cam Miller, 6'1", 206". Oh, you got an Iowa State transfer.
2: Oh, that guy. Yeah, he lost out to him. Oh, he's going to be the guy. I forgot about him. What's his name? Zeb. Yeah, no, he's, he's, actually, he's actually respectable. All right, they're not going to be that bad. <laughs> I, totally, I thought he was gone. I thought he was a one-year guy. North Dakota State doesn't rebuild. They retool. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, well, that hurts. That's a blow. All right, I don't know. I don't think they'll – they probably won't win the national championship, to be honest with you. But they'll uh, they'll do their best.
1: Uh, let's start our Frisco um, fun now. So if you're still listening to this, uh, Venmo, Bennett, or I, five bucks. Yes. Um, we'll put it towards it. We'll rent a car, and we'll drive down because – We'll cover the game from the press box. Could you imagine if – I feel like – we might be able to get credentials. <laughs> <laughs> I don't feel like that. Maybe, though. I feel like we could hit up some SIDs for JMU, and they could hook us up. You think they would hook us up? Probably not.
2: I have my doubts. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Maybe, though. Hey, there's only one way to find out. You have to ask. You know what we have to do? Actually make content.
2: Yeah, we've been kind of sucking. I have never written anything in a really long time. But they're not playing ports in our defense.
1: <laughs> that was my next thing. Like, there's literally nothing to write about. My last thing was on, on men's yeah. basketball. God, okay. this, <laughs> men's basketball is going to win the national championship. They're an early contender.
2: And I mean, on, unfortunately, the ACC idea of every team getting in seemed to be squashed because
1: <laughs> that, was, that was dumb. But I guess we'll see what happens. Huh. Anything else to add in this podcast? I feel like we've kind of hit the wall at the end here. Yeah, I mean, look, Trey Lance is is a good player. not a great player. If
2: the Lions draft him, though, I'm all in on him.
1: Maybe here's a quick lightning round of some college football questions to end this out. Trevor Lawrence, Trey Lance. Justin Fields, give me the order they're getting drafted.
2: It should go Lawrence Fields-Lance.
1: It should, but what do you think? Lawrence Fields-Lance.
2: I think that (laughs) he's... He's very good, like he's super good, but I think Lawrence is like a no-brainer, number one. Like he can run, he can throw, he's been doing this against the best of the best for a few years now. Um, And then you've got Fields, super athletic. I just like the body of work for them in terms of competition level. I think you've got a lot more to go off of than you do with Lance.
1: Felipe Franks, are you a believer or not a believer of his time in Arkansas?
2: They're gonna beat Mississippi State this weekend.
1: Um. KJ Costello, was that a flash in the pan, or do you think the Mike Leash offense is going to succeed in the SEC? They're going to lose to Arkansas, so
2: <laughs> I think that they'll they'll put up some points, but their defense is not great, and he's not throwing for six hundred yards every week. LSU is the most overrated team to enter this season by far.
1: Kyle Trask, good or not
2: good? Kyle no, Trask is an NFL quarterback. I would I would draft Kyle Trask in the third round.
1: Um, Clemson, best team in the country? No. Who is?
2: North Dakota State, the Bison. If they play a full schedule, man. Unbelievable. Who's number two right now? I haven't seen
1: Alabama play. They have played a game,
2: but I didn't They watch played
1: Mizu, so like, take that with a grain of salt, but they absolutely- Who's m- their quarterback? Mizu? Not Kelly Bryant anymore. No, no, Alabama. Oh, um, no idea. Georgia quarterback situation. Do you My like next. Stetson, or do you like JT Daniels, or do you like their other guy? Their quarterbacks are terrible.
2: What happened to Daniels? Why didn't he
1: play? Is he not eligible yet? JT, <clears throat> is that JT? Yeah. Um, he was injured.
2: Who mm. was the third guy?
1: Whoever they started, they benched, and then like Stetson something. Is is his name Bennett? I heard that.
2: Maybe. Let me let me double check that. Because if so, I, I would take him number one before
1: before the 1930s train robber, JT Daniels. Stetson Bennett.
2: Yes. whose his first name is Stetson. Well, that's not, that's kind of lame. I think Georgia stinks. All right, lightning round for you. All the same questions. Start with the Lawrence Fields, Lance one.
1: I don't remember the questions, so I'm gonna need you to run them back to me. Um, Lawrence Lance Fields to me. That's yeah, a hot take, okay, why? I think North Dakota State is a pipeline for FCS quarterbacks. I mean, look, Dave Carson Wentz who is one of the best quarterbacks in the league right now. I mean, he's just absolutely tearing it up this season. You got Easton Stick, the coin flip master in that OT game against the Chiefs. Um, and then Trey Lance, he's gonna step in. No, I do think Trey Lance has um, some good skill sets that will go to the next level. Talent-wise, I think it goes Lawrence, Fields, Lance, but I feel like some random team's gonna fall in love with Lance and there's gonna be some weird thing that comes out on Fields. Um, Talent-wise, Lawrence, Fields, Lance. Draft-wise, Lawrence, Lance, Fields. Interesting.
2: Next one, Mississippi
1: State. Are they real? Are they good? Are they... Um, I think they're good. I think the SEC hasn't really seen a Mike Leach-type offense. Do I think they're winning all their games? No. Do I think KJ Costello will translate to the next level? No. Um, But I think he's going to put up a lot of yards this season, and I think they're going to kind of make some waves in the SEC. Wow. What about Kyle Trask at Florida? The Gators are
2: actually probably going to win the national championship.
1: The Gators are looking really good. I like Kyle Trask. I like what Florida's doing. Kyle Pitts apparently is fantastic.
2: Kyle (laughs) Pitts is a god.
1: So, he's their Aaron Hernandez. He, uh... (laughs)
2: No. <laughs> He's a superstar.
1: Who else? What else did you ask? Uh,
2: Georgia. What do you think about Georgia?
1: Great defense, terrible offense. Mm-hmm. Um, UVA, UVA. so No, I think Virginia Tech's going to destroy UVA when they play. That is a hot take. Bro, Tech. I mean, I know NC State's trash, but like, Tech was missing twenty three guys and still just absolutely obliterated NC State. Virginia Tech goes legitimately three deep at quarterback, and it's insane. Like, I don't think UVA is all that good based off three of um, deep. what what one of their beat reporters is saying is that like UVA isn't as good as Clemson, and Virginia Tech is as good as Clemson. So, no, I'm not gonna say that. <laughs> <laughs> um, last question for you. Oh, I also asked about Felipe Franks to you. Um, I think he's in his 50th year at quarterback. I wish him to at Arkansas, but I don't think Arkansas is going to be good. BYU, yeah. are they for real?
2: BYU is a national championship caliber program. Um, I've, oh, let what's end on our, uh, our playoff four. Me. BYU, UCF. Oh,
1: is that serious?
2: Yes, BYU, UCF. Florida. Miami. It's like a lot of the Sunshine State and then you have BYU. Are you serious with that four though? I think it's a lock. Yeah. That's the four most deserving right now.
1: Okay, I'm going to go my four, but I'm going to be serious with my four. <laughs> Florida, Ready? Alabama, Clemson,
2: Clemson. Texas.
1: Texas
2: is not getting in. I like that four, though. I prefer the Florida, fantastic Florida, where you got UCF, you got Miami, you got Florida, and you got Florida State just <laughs> on the outside. And then BYU just clips them.
1: Miami, though, is really good. They're
2: going to lose to Clemson by like 40.
1: Hey. Yeah. yeah. kill. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And then. They they come- any other college football hot takes? Right now, who is your
2: starting quarterback for Jamie? Last question. My
1: head saying Cole, my heart saying Gage. I'm going to go with Cole.
2: Yep, Cole is the locked-in starter. I think he he rises up draft boards. I think he ends up sneaking in, goes number three overall uh, to the Seahawks, who fade late. Um, Russell just doesn't get it done on the stretch. They implement Cole, leads him to a Super Bowl as they can finally have a quarterback who is a leader, who's a consistent. The issue with Russ is he can't throw the ball downfield. I think that's where Cole would really help, is he throws a heck of a deep ball, which, you know, Matt
1: Metcalf is struggling. He's not able to really reach his
2: peak right now with Russell uh, as the quarterback.
1: Funny how much a Lions fan uh, makes up lies. <laughs> uh,
2: I know bad football when I see it. When I watch Seattle, man, do I see it.
1: And Matt, that's what we're going to have to end this episode on. But Bennett is a liar. Go Seahawks for winning the Super Bowl this season. Just like Jamie's winning the national championship. For Bennett Conlin, (laughs) my name is Jack Fitzpatrick. You guys have a wonderful rest of your day. Talk to you next time, whenever that is, because we have no idea when news will break in the world of SES football. See ya.